What's up there, various friends? Welcome back for another episode of The Tailgate Show. It's double A-A-A-R-O-N-T-O-R on Twitter. We are, as always, joined by the one, the only, Airjare, Jeremy Kramer, Airjare54 on Twitter, and Brian Quinn, B. Diddy, B. Quinn34 on Twitter. What's up, fellas? How you holding up? What's the scoop? What's the skinny? What it bees like? Can't stop, won't stop. Shake that, take that, break that. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> feeling rather motivated all this. Oh, time. he just disappeared. You're feeling motivated, Jer? Why? Oh, motivated. I don't know. The first, the first four years was just. The first three years was just for fun. Now, now we're we're motivated. Oh, that's right. This is yeah. I mean, we're in like our second year of podcasting. But I'll tell you what, the first year. It was fun. It was competitive. We like to smell our own farts. It was scripted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now, now, now it's now the shit is real. That's real. Live and direct. Mm. Yeah, a lot of content this week, though. A lot of Respect. interviews. Respect, right? That's true. I mean, I will say that there, there is that. There's definitely, uh, you know, actual, I guess, actual news, so to speak. I mean, and, you know, and what do you guys think, like? We heard from a lot of people, but there's certain people we didn't hear from that I'm just kind of surprised. And, and maybe their plan is to, to kind of just do a couple interviews a week. Maybe we will hear from a lot more people than normal. But, like, I'm surprised we didn't hear from Mac. And I know he's not, like, Mr. Media guy all the time, but, like, I'm like not, not. So we didn't hear from Mac. I think – I would don't think, like, he – Go ahead. I, I just think being, like – he he's the he's the big draw. He's the biggest jersey sales face of the franchise type of player. I'm just surprised there there hasn't been anything any interviews with him yet. But that's not really even his role on the team. I mean, it, it, I would say since his um oh he's never been that guy. Right. I get that, but you just think he would be, and that's not a knock on him or anything. I just. He also might just feel Mufasa has spoken, so. I agree. I mean, I think the voice of the team is far more and and has been. I mean, really, except for that kind of brief kind of splash of a key, of of Mac being on the scene, you know, um, when he really faded. I mean, I, I was I mean, I think a lot of people were disappointed in how much he spoke last year. Right. You know, and so I think it's been trending that way and it's honestly more in line with his history like he was not he was not a guy like I mean obviously we don't, I don't watch a lot of Raiders football or anything or certainly like Raiders coverage but I can't remember I can't honestly say that I could have told you what his voice really sounded like much before he became a bear and it's you know he's a pretty prominent player in the league. I mean even yeah, you just thing. think you'd hear hear from him more. That's all. Being I agree. Player. I guess I'm just not surprised. I think I think yeah. you're right to, to think that he you probably would, but I just feel like he's not like recently. I would say the biggest spokespeople for the team have have been Akeem, mm-hmm. Allen Robinson. I mean to a certain extent Eddie Jackson. Um. I mean, we'll see. Chase Daniels choked, spoke a lot, um, and then obviously Mitch. 
Choke. I almost said choked a lot. Um, <laughs> and then Mitch as well certainly has um, been that. A, a dog that poops fast doesn't poop for long. Right. I mean, but that's when that's when they get Mac is when he has to he he, he has to be at his locker after the game. I mean, that's right. like a responsibility. Right. No, and we could still hear from him. I'm just I'd like to hear from him personally. Like yeah, Max, when Max speaks, you listen. You know what I mean? Of course, and I and I also don't think like he hasn't really said much about anything that's going on as far as I've seen. Yeah, and not that we need to. I've, yeah, not that we need to, but at the same time, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously people 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 care about that stuff. I mean, right. you know, it. it, it how many but, times has something similar happened and Jordan hasn't said anything? And then I think it's interesting that post this, the Jordan doc, now we we hear we hear and we see a much more, you know, active Michael Jordan, you know, in this instance than ever before. This is not the first time that we've had civil unrest in the time of Jordan's life, you know, or even post career, he's been, you know, he's, he hasn't taken the opportunity to, to speak out or to, you know, to, to pledge that kind of money or whatever. So it's interesting. I mean, you know, I'm not even talking about Max speaking out on the issues. I'm just saying, no, yeah. Interview in general, football interview. Right. Well, I think too, like one of the things that I've heard kind of almost spoken as if it's gospel is this idea that Mac was definitely injured last year. And I'm sorry, but I don't know if that's true. And nobody really knows if that's true. And nobody from the team or him has said anything to that effect. And I don't think anybody's even had the chance to ask him. Like maybe that's part of the, part of the strategy. Maybe. I mean, but I guarantee you when they ask him, I don't think he will say that he was, if he was. So I don't think we're ever going to find that out. And to me, I still don't believe that that's that was the cause of his lack of production, so to speak. I mean, I, I, to me, that's still I'm not going to chalk that up to to this phantom injury, right? right? Because I think it really what it comes down to is you know the injuries. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it came down to. No, we got a lot of people last last off season were kind of on Nagy for not playing the guys during the preseason. So he comes out and says they're ending the virtual off season early, a week and a half early. He's, they, he kind of just felt like they've done a, a lot of mental work and he wants to give these guys the opportunity to get physically ready and just focus on that. Do you guys think there's any negative side to that? Like uh, there's ending only early. so much you can do. I mean. How much can you consume in two hours if you're not like, say, you're at work, you know, and you're listening to, well, we'll just say you're listening to a podcast. Two hours is a lot to consume. Mm-hmm. Now imagine that's your job, and your your job's a physical job, but you're having to do this type of meeting every right. day for X amount of time. There's only so much you can do. You've got to put it out in practice and get it to work and you know which i think that's that's something that's going to benefit those players that are in the chicago land area that have been able to get together and work on some things but there's going to be i mean 
there's only so much you can do, you know? There's only so much mental shit you can just do. Right, well, and I think it's interesting, too. I think that what is going on in the country has has a role in this as well. Um, I just think, I think with the way that all went down and the, and the you know, I think that, it's it's a drain. I mean, I can only imagine what some of these guys are going through in terms of having a platform and feeling like they should speak or not speak or this, that, or the other. So it's a drain. And I think, you know, whereas Nagy, <clears throat> there's a point, like you said, Jared, it's kind of like a law of diminishing returns at some point. Just where, turns the white noise. Yeah, you can only talk about concepts so much. And, I mean, ultimately – it's it's really about the player, what they're able to gain on their own through their own studying. I mean, I think Nagy a couple of weeks back talked about how, you know, there's a very short attention span with anything like this. You know what I mean? Um, so that's uh, <clears throat> that's a reality. Um, and so I think it's fine. I think it's fine that they did that. Um I think there's also a just a very practical side to it, which is that they that the coaching staff and the and the trainers and Tony Medlin and all of the staff of Hallis Hall now have to have a huge job ahead making this work to the league specifications. Uh, which is going to be extremely challenging. I mean, I'll tell you what, it's it's like I said last week, it's it's lucky that they are not going to be at Bourbon A um, this upcoming year, and it's also lucky that they have this new Hallis Hall. But, I mean, as you heard, uh, I believe it was John Harbaugh said, you know, that the league's standards and regulations for COVID are physically impossible. Yes. Um, and he made it, you know, he was very pointed uh, in saying that. And, you know, they asked they asked a few people and, you know, they were kind of like, well, listen, I, I respect Harbaugh's opinion and we'll have to look at it. I mean, basically, is the, the answer that I heard, you know, given by a few different NFL people who were who were asked that question. Like, what do you think of yeah, I heard that on Sirius XM, something very similar? It's like you're asking people in a physical sport to socially distance. How's that going to work? I mean, just even in the, like, even in the aspect of the meeting rooms, Yeah. you know, if you, I mean, there's going to be very few times where you're going to have all 90 guys in a, you know, or however many are on the roster. Is it 90 right now? I don't know. 70. That's a ridiculous number. Yeah, it's something ridiculous. I know there's a lot of tight ends, so let's make sure we that's comment right. on that. That's that's a genius comment that everybody has to make. Okay, shut the fuck up. I think um, I agree. I agree with the decision personally. I think yeah. uh, I'm good with it. Just hopefully, the, it's going to be interesting to see if these guys, what kind of shape they do come in, though. Hopefully, they're disciplined enough, especially if the guys, like the pros, guys have been pros for a while. They'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Young guys coming in, it's a whole different. Conditioning. You would hope that there's some mentorship going there. You know, be like, hey, you need to hook up with oh, player diet, X. The diet, everything. Like, it's what six weeks out, probably four to six weeks out. Like, it's a lot of time there to to get off the uh, the health food train. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just saying, hopefully, these guys, <laughs> about these guys stick to the regiment. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think the other thing that I found interesting was early, a couple of weeks ago, before the Drew Brees thing, we were told we were going to hear from Foles and Mitch. And then they pushed that back, and they said we're going to hear from Foles and Mitch later in the month, right? right? And then next thing you know, we're only hearing from Mitch, you know? So, and then we find out that Mitch has been working out with a lot of the team, which is great, fine, awesome. And then, you know, the, that begs the obvious question of, well, where's Foles? Does he even, I mean, we, I know that he sold his house in Florida, but I was looking around. Usually you can find, you know, the real estate slash sports news mm-hmm. kind of crossover and find out, you know, who bought a house and who whatever. And I couldn't find anything with regards to Foles buying a house. All I could find is that he sold, um, you know, which they said was his dream house in Florida. So I, I, I have no idea. Honestly, he was in the, even in the area um, yet. So obviously, you know, Mitch and, and uh, I'll and reach out to some people, find that out for next week. Yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, it's obviously it's we, you know, we saw that little thing on Instagram and I, you know, um, put it out there, you know, from a from an Instagram story. And we, you know, we saw that it was a Rob and and Cody and whatever. But, you know, come to find out that Tariq's been out there with him and I guess some others, you know. Um, yeah. What about did you guys listen to Tariq's interview? Yeah, I listened to a little bit of it. Um, something oh, he, pretty- think, he thinks he's a mute. He- he won't get corona. He's he's got Wolverine blood or whatever. Oh, I didn't hear that part. No. Yeah, he said he's immune to corona. He heals like Wolverine. Oh, there you go. But one thing I will say about Tariq is that dude does not leave the house much. Like he's smart in that he doesn't get into trouble. He might get into trouble saying some dumb stuff on streaming every no, now and then. He's all about the video game life, man. Yeah, so I mean, he doesn't go out like he, him, and I mean, on any given night, he doesn't do it as much anymore. But on any given night, he was like constantly live on Instagram, you know, the last couple seasons, and you know, he's constantly on his. Yeah, you, you know, you gotta watch his Instagram game. You just never know. Yeah, he, he did mention like you know, like guys like Benny aren't there anymore for him, and he needs to be that guy in the room, like to step up and be a leader. He's, I think that's something he's gonna be focusing on this year, and it's a contract year too, so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's one thing you know, that a lot of guys in contract years. Yeah. Um, which is which is good, I think, to a point. But then the problem that I've found and that I've seen in the past is that it's good until they check out, because again, there's on a on a good team where they feel like they're they're playing well, getting notoriety, it's worth it. They may be earning that next contract for this team. If things go south, then it becomes business decision time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, then you say to yourself, and, and I would be the same way if I was a player, you say to yourself, how much do I really want to risk injury because I'm in a contract here? So it goes the, I can go the opposite way real quick. Yeah, he also mentioned how he felt kind of worn down last season. That he'd never really experienced that before, so he has to kind of work on that aspect of it, stretching more, getting in a different kind of shape. You know, he had mentioned I, that. That's something I found interesting. They just kind of felt more beat up than the the previous year. Well, he had a lot of touches. Um, they were unproductive, but he took a lot of hits. Yeah. Um, and 
and he had extremely on you know 74 catches to have that few receiving yards is is really nearly impossible <laughs> it's like it's it's almost amazing right. how how few receiving yards he got with that many catches so I don't know. I mean, he's he's just odd case. I mean, you know, they've been talking about whether or not people should re-sign him, and I would say he's gonna really. This is his make or break. Exactly. Yeah. This is, it's a real contract year here. Right, and I don't like. I think the luster's off him. Um, you know, around the league, like I don't really, I don't see like. I, I think he would have been a lot more productive with a quarterback that could hit him correctly. Absolutely, absolutely. He would have been just fine just as your return man, a la Devin Hester. I just felt like he he just didn't have that same life to to him, and maybe it was the blocking, and maybe it was the passes not being thrown perfectly, and maybe it's the fact that there's no tight end, and 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 guys honestly are allowed to key on him. I mean, yeah, it's the same thing in in the playoff game. <laughs> like you got to set a guy up like that too, though properly. Like absolutely, but but I think he's getting too many touches. I mean, you look at you know he's a Darren Sproles type of guy, and he's not a guy that should be getting 25, 30 touches a game. He's not Marshall Falk. No, but he is a guy that you have to hit him on a screen pass and just lead him just a little bit and not throw to him when there's three guys coming at him. Right, and honestly, like Chase Daniel was much better at that. I mean, you know, Nick, they, Nick Foles is much better at that. He should be. Yeah. I mean, it, but it's just interesting. I mean, he, Tariq did say that you know, Mitch looking really good out there, and Tariq's always been a very positive guy, and you know, has never one to. Um, he hasn't really been one to say the wrong thing. I mean, no. I did. I, I kind of found you know his wearing the sunglasses in the interview sort of a oh, little dumb and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't talk, but right. uh, yeah, and obviously the thing with the with the with the motorcycle car or whatever it was a little bit like okay, bro. Yeah. But it's not like it, not like it was a, a money truck pulling up on a contract here, no, like Ramsey or something, but, right? I just like I don't. I think he's gonna have to have a pretty damn outstanding year to warrant any kind of serious big contract, you know. Yeah, like, I think it's been kind of, it's it's been really cool though because you know it, unfortunately we're, we're we are where we are with COVID and but these players are giving these interviews like they're really letting us in as fans like more so than just standing up in front of the press. I think that's something you, that's something you brought up off you know off the air. It's been cool. It's like they're they're chilled you know they're they're feeling calm they feel like they're not under attack or. Anything like that. It's just a different vibe. They're in their own environment. They're doing what we're doing right now. It's very controlled as far as, like, the questions and things. I mean, the way that the questions are coming now, they're, they've figured that out finally, that you have to take turns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you ask a question, it's not a mob scene. like on. Yeah, well, and I think it, um, I think it, it leads to more of a measured – Questioning and a more of a, a relaxed, measured response as well. Notice the difference in the way they ask questions to a guy like Mitch Trubisky than the way they ask questions to Akeem Hicks. Do you do you feel like the interviews well, are a little subject, different? I think they I think they I think they handled Mitch the 
pretty well. I mean, well, that's going to be the main source of discussion, but I think they've been pretty, pretty even keeled with everybody. I think I just think there's some questions that Mitch might not be asked because of the circumstances, everything going on that other players would. So you know, I mean, like the, the other players are going to be touching on things that Mitch really isn't going to get that in depth into. Pause. Right. Touching on things. No, but so like, I mean, Robert Quinn's interview is is something like you know they asked uh, a lot of this, a lot of the questions to the guys. I can't like, wait are, to see him and Mac. God, yeah. I can't wait. But like, are you going to kneel? That was a question that was asked to a lot of the players, and and Robert Quinn, man, it was it was you could tell his, you could just see the frustration on him. And this is a guy who he said I protested for three seasons, and he said a black friend of mine told me, you're messing with your money. So when he got to Dallas, it had nothing to do with Jerry Jones' Jerry Jones's stance on anything. He was just like, he decided not to because he didn't want to affect his contract. He didn't got the contract from the Bears. A, a lot of the answers have been, you know, it's going to be a team decision. But to to have to be put in that position where you, it's not to do something you believe in because it's going to affect your contract, like what Kaepernick dealt with being blackballed from the league for this. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like it, it just. It, the, the human side is coming out in these interviews like we've never seen seen before. If these guys were just standing at Hallis, there would just be those answers, real quick answers. But these guys are, are answering from their heart, man. And it's just really cool to be able to see that from our team. I mean, you think where we were a couple of years ago with ha- how things were when Fox was here. And these guys are just – it's really nice to see the transparency. It, they're giving honest – answers and they don't care they don't there's no holding back really i think it's i think it's been great yeah i mean i think some of that comes from you know like you said the comfort level of them being at their own homes and and kind of the relaxed sort of nature of it but i think some more and more you know these athletes are realizing that they do have a platform that they can use at any time you know um, now combine all that and remember that you're in your 20s. Remember how we were when we were in our 20s? Yeah, I mean, that's add money, too. add yeah. money to that, add fame to it, and now you have a platform. It's it can be scary times, you know. I could see where I, it would you would not want to do a certain thing or because you're afraid of the repercussions of it or whatever. Right. Right. Quinn seemed like a real down-to-earth guy, too. He was just like, you know, I I know I'm not going to – they're not going to change the defense for me. I need to fit into what they're doing. Like, he just seemed real, man. Like, you could tell he's just come out and ball out, though. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, too, is that that's what I think is great about him, and a lot of people have kind of put this out almost as a negative, that he's he's one-dimensional. But the fact that he is, you know – That's a pretty good dimension. That he is, uh, yeah, like, so what? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he's he's one-dimensional, but but what he does, I mean, it really fits any defense. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like any he's, team that picks up. He's so close top behind you right now. I'm about to call you Cody. Oh, you like it? Uh, I mean, that's creepy. <laughs> I still feel like it's my team. For those of you that can't see what's going on right now, he has a picture of Mitch, Mitch's presser behind him, and Mitch is like right up 
in back of him. Nobody even noticed that I like changed the picture to put the, the hang in there. Kitty <laughs> on the back. Like I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> Too subtle, I guess. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. Everybody was just like, wah, wah. Oh, Buster, Buster Screen too had some advice for the young guys, just like you know, stay in shape, learn the playbook. Like he seemed like the a little, little leadership going on there too in his interview. I thought that was Buster, nice to hear. Yeah, there's there's players there that are going to be leaders. You know, you got Sherrick that's been there forever. Um, yep. That's that's a voice you can go to right now, and when it comes to the defense, he's gonna know it from a cornerback perspective and from a safety perspective. So, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, Eddie's gonna have to step up. I think that's why they they ultimately went out and got Tayshawn Gibson because he's a veteran. Eddie, um, man, Eddie, come on, bro, you got that big contract. In his his reception in his interview, I'm like, you couldn't just like get somewhere with like decent Wi-Fi and. Come on, Eddie. Yeah. Be better. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. I was trying to listen to it. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think that they will – I think from a leadership standpoint, the secondary is going to miss Mukamara, um, you know. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Kyle Fuller doesn't strike you as the vocal leader back there, right? That's what. That's what. No, he's absolutely not. I mean, Buster. Counts, Buster was asked about that. He said he could play outside of called upon. He's done it before. You know, he didn't want to like give anything out, but he he said I'll, I'll play wherever they want me. Yeah, answer. I don't want to see Buster play outside. No, it was just a question <laughs> thrown to him. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I again, unlike some other. Bears fans and analysts, I don't, I haven't had a problem with Buster Screen. He no, rarely like jumps him. off. He rarely jumps off the screen as a guy who's out of position. If anything, I would say I hope that, I hope that he that he you know that the the cornerback blitzes that they call, which Picano seems to call, would could be a little more effective. Um, cause that was one thing I did notice with him is that he seemed to be, uh, you know, I have, I have strong memories of three or four times where he came on a blitz and it was just very, whatever. Like, it was just kind of like, like, I was like, Oh, why is he doing that? Like, just stay in coverage. Like, you know, hold your gap. <laughs> like, thought it was kind set of, the edge. That was kind of funny too. Cause Buster's from, it was in Georgia too. And he was kind of just saying like, I'm from like the city. He's like they're talking about Roquan. He's like Roquan's a country boy. Like they, they, you know, they're yeah. always busting his ass. Like mm-hmm. he's just, he does country boy things, and it's like it's kind of like RJ. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, <laughs> there it Jer, is. Jer's, Jer's, Jer's been city mouse though too. I mean, a little yeah. Bit. No, no. I'm just saying. Like, we just, <laughs> you know, the, the, yeah, it's just it's just funny that like because you always see that busting on Roquan online and everything. So it's just like. It was cool to hear him mention. I mean, that. honestly, I think that's why Roquan went out on the boat with his with his porn star. Was still like, <laughs> no, he was it. trying to like say like, you know what, I can go out and do this shit too. I'm not just like, you know. Or, but then like, they were like, like, but Roquan, we're not out doing that shit. Yeah, like bad timing, bro. <laughs> like, sorry. Like you know, Roquan's like, I'll show them. I'll will crash a Ferrari. He's got a chip. Oh, Roquan wow. even Roquan guy has a chip though, man. Like he mentioned it. I think good. He's yeah, got a lot to prove from last year, getting fucking whatever happened with his little mental break uh, that he had. Yeah, I mean, the, the guys in front of him getting hurt doesn't help, but yeah. And, and then, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, Eddie 
playing three yards off the freaking ball. <laughs> that doesn't help your linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. They better get that shit fixed in a hurry. Yeah, he needs to stop that bullshit. They need to chop lock his ass like all training camp just to get him used to it. Yeah, I just I feel like it, it's it, coming. The the theme with Roquan, even since his like contract um, hold up with which was you know of course about all these clauses and stipulations and yeah, that's always the agent. Well, yeah, but I think it was also him because of his style of play, and 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 the rule changes. Right, and and I think, uh, I think he's, I don't know, like I think he was, I think he plays tentative sometimes still, a little bit, um, and it'd be cool to see him let loose a little bit more. And I kind of thought like, I mean, I, that was what I was excited about for for Pagano was maybe seeing Roquan get to get to blitz a little more and get to, you know, do some different things. Um, I think I think we would, but I think Danny's kind of taking that role. It's kind of weird. Like when we drafted Quan, I figured he was Danny's replacement and he would be the one calling, calling the plays, have the mic, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Danny just excels at it and Quan's not there yet. So, but Danny is the more physical of the two. I think Quan may be asked to do different things than they're asking Danny to do, keeping him off a little bit too. Yeah, well, and I just think I think that what happens is is that they get spread out and Roquan's faster sideline to sideline, whereas Danny's better in short space, short mm-hmm. distance. So <clears throat> that's what ends up happening. It's just it's just kind of a shame, like. And I know it's not the same defense, but you you still, as a Bears fan, just have this this you can't shake this vision of Briggs and Erlacher, where no. you just I, like I want that I want that Erlacher style linebacker that's really like a safety playing in the middle of the field, you know, like a big safety that gets to do whatever he wants. You know, I mean, it seemed that's what it seemed like. Erlacher was always just out there doing whatever he wanted, and he was so frequently in the right spot. And then he had the tools and the size, the speed to until to, the big, until the big guys in front of him left, and they couldn't keep the blockers off of him. But yeah, right, right. I mean, obviously, he, you know, he always needs that. I mean, it's you're you're rarely going to find any linebacker needs that. Yeah, but I, I always thought that Erlacher was got got a lot more crap for supposedly not being able to shed blocks. I mean, and that wasn't what he was trying to do most of the time. You know what I mean? Like he was. Well, I didn't have to. The guy's keeping those guys off of him. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying, though, is you just you kind of wish that you could see Roquan. And, and so maybe that'll happen. I don't know. Um, he let, Didn't he lead the team in tackles his rookie year? I mean, this this no, he'll I, be all right. He's, he's oh, the kid's, a, kid's a hell of a player. We have such high standards, um, you know, for linebackers. But, but honestly, though, like linebacker is a position that – You've seen a lot of guys come in and do very well, whether it's Darius Leonard or the kid on Tampa or, you know, I mean, you, you see these these linebackers that are picked in the first round, these inside backers, like they come in and they make an impact right away. So the bar is pretty high, you know, for that type of thing. So it's like, you know, coming in and having 100, 100 tackles doesn't really mean shit. Like it's just it's about impact plays. And so that's what I want to see. Hopefully he has the opportunity, and I think I think the. I mean, and what we consider off. Sorry, what we consider off season for Quan, he had 101 tackles. He had 120 the year prior. It wasn't that huge of a drop off. Like right, but but remember in his first season he also kind of didn't get to play 
you know, like for a minute. And then his second, you know, his second season, he had his little weirdness mm-hmm. with a couple games and, you know, so whatever. I, I think, you know, hey, this should be. He had, three, he had three less sacks. It should be a breakout year for him by, by all accounts. I'm just saying, statistically, it wasn't that far down as what we, what we think. He'll be all right. No, I'm not worried about him. I just, I, you want him to, to be a real impact player where he's drafted. The way that linebackers in the first round have, have been performing, I mean, he should be an impact player. You know, he should lead the team in tackles. <laughs> like, that's what he's supposed to do. So I just, I want him, I'm, I'm excited to see him hopefully take the next step. And, you know, I think that, I think he will. Absolutely. And two guys that I'm excited to see, man, like, I wasn't, like, Demetrius Harris, like, after listening to his interview, like, he kind of feels like he never really had the shot to to be a number, a number one. And, like, he still doesn't. Huh? I, I mean, he, he may, who knows how <laughs> it's going to shake out. Cole, Cole, a lot of times, like we talked about, the, the rookie's not going to Time start. out. What's it's that? time for your weekly dose of the sucking of the dick of Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> There's your segment. You wanted to the shining of the dome. No, we we we've, we've <laughs> talked about we call it. it. Shining in the dome. It, sometimes it takes a rookie tight ends a little bit to catch on. So <clears throat> he could have a legit shot because he, you know, he he did sit behind Kelsey. Well, there was yeah, and there was an interesting thing that I read about uh, Jay Sternberger talking about how much Jimmy Graham had said he helped him. Um, and so I think that I hope that that's something Jimmy Graham will do for Komet. And um, I oh, personally, yeah, Harris said he'll help he'll help him out too. He, he just yeah, he's he's excited uh, for the challenge. The reason Harris is here is because he knows the system. He's a big target. He and he can block, and that's all good. I mean that that pickup and, and he's been working out with Mitchell. Yeah, I mean I, I don't you know whether Mitch can hit him messages. hit him. Hit him over the middle. I have my serious doubts, um, or if he can hit him on a fade route. But Foles should be able to. Another guy too, Fetty. Like six, seven, isn't he? Harris. Yeah. He's a beast. A Fetty too, man. That uh, that interview was pretty cool because like he's uh kind of he said he feels like Wonka Steele makes players better and will take everyone's game to a different level. So Does he have speak- experience with Castillo. I don't know no, about point been on the Seahawks, right? Right. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. With Fady is that like people say, well, he's there, Charles Leno. It's like, okay, well, fine, but he's. I mean, he he played a ton in Seattle. Yeah, he kind of. He also said he feels he like views himself more as a guard, but he hasn't played guard in three years, and he hasn't learned a new system in four years. He's looking at it as a fun challenge ahead of him, but um. He's also, which I thought was kind of interesting. So uh, Jake Matthews, a tackle from the Falcons. Mm-hmm. They played together A and M, so they've tough. been working out. His dad Bruce has been working out, has been helping them work out too. That like that's Bruce Matthews is a great guy to have take un, take under Whole his thing, wing, right? That's what I'm saying. Played 18 years in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, his nephew's Clay. But besides that, the guy was a great offensive lineman. So like, how would you like to go to that family reunion? Clay Matthews, Clay Matthews Jr., Bruce Jake. Matthews, Jay. <laughs> it's like, well, God, I did, man. just a good guy to be learning. The food from. bill's I mean, got to be outrageous. 
<laughs> uh, I'm excited to see see what this guy can do. We need we need an upgrade. So, you know, but uh he also something interesting. He's friends with Mike Davis and even though like things didn't work out for Davis, like he's, it's one of the guys that kind of told him this is a great organization to play for. You know, even after things didn't work That's out. Yeah, I thought that was cool for Mike not to you know. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to know the real story with that. I mean, I think it was it was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, I know he had a – I think his dad died. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, that whole thing was just weird. Like, they – I think – I thought they really liked him. I thought that was a good pickup, and it's just like – it's like he never existed. Nice. I know. I wanted to see more of him. Well, he got hit behind the line constantly. Yeah, but he just – I mean, he never – he wasn't even on the damn field. No, I mean, like, it was like – situations that he was supposed to get the one yard, he – could be tackled for a three-yard loss. Right, but Maggie, that was... Maggie just doesn't have patience for those guys that are just run straight ahead and get a couple yards. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, well, and, and honestly, like, every time we were in that situation, it felt like when they called the run, it was just like, ugh, like, everybody saw that coming. Whether it was Corderell or, you know, whoever. Like, it was just painful. Like, it was just like, ugh. It's like like really? a train wreck in slow motion. Yeah, like nobody got off the ball. Like, I mean, it's just like everybody knew it was coming. There was no – nobody on the defense cared to give any thought to them maybe passing. Like, so, I mean – Eddie, Eddie Pinheiro. Yeah, the cha- that chasing shirt that he had on, was that, was that one of ours or – No, it's one of theirs. Got the working, out, working out with our boy Patio, Megapunt, in the Windows yeah. Park in Miami or something. Great. What does that mean? <laughs> Shut up, hit your kicks. Yeah. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I'm at with it. Well, they're both down in Florida, so at least they're they're working out together. I'm I'm sure they are. I think Pinero will be fine. I think he has a good mentality for it. Like I like the kid. Yeah. Um, I just hope that they figure some shit out on special teams because uh, I just don't think it's a very well-coached unit, to be quite honest. Um, I think they have some talent on it, but I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, I just, they, they don't seem to come up when you need them to come up. I mean, you know, you would, you would say like, you shouldn't miss a guy like Josh Bellamy, but. I think they missed yeah. him. Missed him a lot. They you missed know. him in the locker more than they missed him on the field, too. Or as much, I should say. I think they missed yeah. his personality. Agreed. I mean, he was a guy that, like, 8-8, eight and 12-4, eight, and four, whatever, he was having fun. Right. And I think that they did miss that, you know. Um, well, they, so. got, they got a guy that could drop the ball consistently in Glenn, so. <laughs> yeah, that was a good shout-out to Austin for the uh, – for the, I don't. Did, did he mean that though? I think it was a mistake. No, I think he meant it. Like he's like Gain is a consistent drop threat. <laughs> like I thought he meant to say deep threat. <laughs> no, I think he actually got a zinger in. It's not like that's not like Austin, but I think he actually got one in. I'm surprised. Uh, <laughs> way, way, to, way to hook your guests up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that's. I mean, we'll see. Which what leads Ted, us to the the bell of the ball. Who? Your your our Mitchell, quarterback Mitchell David, our quarterback. If you ask him, everybody's MDT. all everybody's all American. He handled it though, man. I thought he I thought he T 
Tiboski. He was real though. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a tough. It is a tough situation. I, granted, he put himself in it, but I gave him. I, he was honest on Twitter for the motivate. I'm motivated now. Of course, I gave him shit about it because what the fuck were you doing the other three years? Hope was kind of a dick, but I, at the same time, no. like I would have, been, I would have been the same way. I'd been like, good for you. Like they call you leader, good for you. <laughs> but you know, he handled the situation. I thought he, I thought he actually sounded like a human being. He didn't sound like his normal robotic, generic. I don't want to be in front of the press. Get me out of here. It was, it was genuine. Like, and he kind of nicely said, "Go fuck yourself up." Yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny. A little clap back. Gently. I every time I start talking about Mitch, I feel like I sound like a, a giant dick, and that that may just be because I probably sound like that a lot about <laughs> a lot of things. But like, Wait, what? And I wanna. I played. I played the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> like I wanna. Like I don't want to be a dick about Mitch. Like I don't want to be as skeptical as I am about him, but I just know what I've seen, and mm-hmm. and and I just you know, so many people. I mean, it just takes so little for them to just be like, oh, oh, Mitch, you're gonna do it. Like it's just like he says like the littlest fucking thing, and everybody just sees you know that goofy smile and like this idea that. Like, I'm sorry, but this whole week, all this shit, like, people were gushing over that Denver game. That Denver game was like hot needles in the fucking eye. That game was horrible. The offense was a train wreck. And we got bailed out by penalties, and Mitch made one fucking throw, and we made a kick, and we won a game we had no business winning, and people are flexing about... Oh, Mitch is so clutch. Mitch, the clutch. Mitch in the fourth quarter. You can't fuck with Mitch in the fourth quarter. It's like, get all the way the fuck out of town. Like, Bears fans are just such simps when it comes to any kind of quarterback play that is anything more than hot dog shit on a shingle. Like, they just get so excited, like, so creamier jeans fucking happy to see any kind of pass completed in a moment where a pass needs to be completed that we're just I don't blind. Think, you know, I think, I mean, there's a part of the fan base that I wouldn't, simps might not be the best word to use, but oh, fucking simps. Well, so it's like, the, it's wild, man. The, the roller coaster at that position for us as fans has just been all over the fucking place. And now we got a quarterback who's like the anti cutler, right? Cause he's great PR wise. All right, Sometimes. he's he's a, he's 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 a good kid. Yeah, he's much. a good kid, but he's, he's a nice he's, guy. He's a, he's a guy that is easy to root for. But on the yeah. field, where Jay showed us potential and a laser arm and some elite talent, even though he didn't put it all together, he did have a lot of talent. But he was a dick. It's the opposite here. It's like this kid's really nice, so we're being very patient. But he hasn't sh- like consistently shown right on the but field. Also, but like, Mitch is also like to fold his dirty laundry guy, you know, like Mitch, I'm sure Mitch has a closet that has like 14 pairs of the same of the lamest fucking white Nikes you've ever seen in your life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I know, but I'm just saying, I can understand why I can understand why everybody fans it differently. And I can understand why people want this kid to do well. 
I do too, and I want to be that person again because I was. I'm a re- I'm a reformed Mitch Stan. You know what I mean? Like we all rode and rode that and and pause. Uh, flew that flag and and gassed him up and and defended uh, him against everybody, you know, uh, you know, big and cares small. About our takes at the end of the day, though. Drink. Of course, I don't care about our takes at the end of the day that much. I know we're just fucking Drinking. talking, and that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is people get mad at these guys that are on the radio and. TV every fucking day. I mean, you gotta have something to fucking say for an hour or 20 minutes or eight minutes or three hours. Like, do people not understand how this shit works? It's like, you know, where are they Take to the grave. It's like, shut the fuck right. up. Like, it's like, bro, I would love to see the, the, the loops that some of these you know, people, uh, you know, that, that consider themselves experts would talk themselves into if they had to be on the air every fucking day, you know what I mean? Like talking about the same shit. And and that's what I'm saying. Like I give props to so much props to, you know, uh, Kaplan and Mm -hmm. some guys that I listen to for continuing to put together good shows and good content during this time when there's no fucking sports. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, they had the Jordan documentary to like lean on and, and different stuff. And they've had to go to the well and, you know, and, 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 you know, and I think they've done a good job of balancing the social issues and, you know, the COVID and all this kind of stuff, but it is not easy. Like, we all get to sit back and just, you know, like get all pissed on Twitter and, you know, and, and get mad at them. It's like, but yeah, you, know, you understand that that's what they're there to do. Like they're there to get us to react like reactions so you- are lifeblood. So it's like a Mitch. I feel like. I think there is some team things too there, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I, just, I was going to just touch on that. I liked what he had to say. I didn't dislike it. But at the same time, show me what you got. I just, I don't want to, I'm not, I refuse to get hyped up by words anymore by this team because we all sat in the, and you, you know, and you were there, Brian, and you saw it, Jer, when he came out in the McMahon headband and, <clears throat> and like, I don't think he even overplayed that. I think he did a decent job of still kind of being humble, as kind of cocky as that was, but he was doing it next to Jimmy Mack, so it was like, you know, it was like he had his blessing, you know, kind of thing. Like, if he, you know, it was one, the Dicka sweater was one thing, but if but if Mitch ever pulled the, the headband and the sunglasses thing at a presser, like, without... I think I think he might get roasted for it, but because because he did it with Jimmy Mack, like it was fine. But what I'm saying is that like I think I'm not trying to talk ill of Jimmy Mack, man, but like oh, he wasn't that great of a fucking quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Like he he was a, a quarterback of a great team, but like he threw for 15 touchdowns that season. If correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Okay. Different game. I mean, yes, very. It's the number one offense in the league too. I'm pretty so sure remembers, 15, 15 Everybody average, remembers that that was the number one defense, but that was also the number one offense in the NFL also. Correct, but we know why. 
Yeah, but still, you can't. What are you, what are you supposed to do? I agree. He did everything he needed to do. And he yeah, was, yeah, and I'm not downplaying like, it, but it, and, it's, it's and, not, it's and, not and, like. And in the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, when when plays needed to be made, I mean, the Super Bowl obviously got blown open at some point. But in the NFC Championship. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl. He can't take that away from him. I'm Peyton, just saying it's not like he's trying to replace Peyton Manning. Mag made plays. Right. But it's just it's funny. It's so bad that he played in the NFL for several years. Yeah. What's funny to me, though, is that, like, Bears fans can find that in their heart to to hold up on this pedestal. And yet they will, in the same breath, tell you that Nick Foles ain't shit because that right there. this, this, that, this, this, that. You know, whereas Eagles fans – We'll talk a blue streak about some Nick Foles and how great he is. And they won't necessarily trash Wentz at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird how Eagles fans can can love Foles, respect what Foles did, but at the same time, they still feel pretty good about Wentz. But, like, Bears fans, I don't know, you know. I mean, if Foles, if Foles wins a Super Bowl, he'll be probably revered with the same reverence. But it's just funny to me how, like, how quick the 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 Mitch stands or like the Foles doubters or whoever you want to say will like discount what he's done, you know? It's all, like, yeah, but I think it also has to do with the way the team. I mean, yes, the players have been pretty open and honest, and yeah. that's been that's been nice. But there's also a controlled part of this, I think, and the way they the teams so far, unless until we hear Foles, which we haven't yet. It's all about Mitch is the leader. Mitch is. They, everybody made it a point to talk about Mitch having these private workouts with the guys, and these are also, his guys. The, the team is controlling this message right now. Right. For some reason, I just it's think weird. They're still they're still promoting Mitch, man. This is what we. I, they don't. They want Mitch to succeed, and I understand it. But well, I think he he pulled back the curtain a little bit too in his interview. You know, he they asked him about. Uh, what him and his teammates could have done better learn. What did they learn about 2019, you know, about what, what he could take away. It's like, we need to be more exact, precise. We need to study video more. We got to do this. I'm just like, okay, I I guess I get that. It's kind of like, you know, the team, I think it, it led me to the thought that the team was believing their own hype. They were high on their own supply a little bit, you know, Absolutely, they were, and it totally bit them in the ass, you know. And right, but all of that being said, there's plenty of times where great players make plays. Correct. Great players make plays when they don't know what the play is. They don't. They they didn't hear the play call. And they still make great plays. The snap gets dropped. They still make great plays. They have a guy in their face. They still make great plays. My problem continues to be that this team seems on offense seems to absolutely need everything to go perfectly in order for them to be successful. He actually mentioned that too in the interview. You know, it's like we've got to get everything perfect. It's just like. That's not going to fucking happen. I know it. And I'm not saying here, I'm not, I'm not the person to defend Mitch, but the, the the truth is he his shoulder was messed up. That did make him much more hesitant. He's throwing shoulder. I'm talking about it made him more hesitant to take off when he should have. Well, Where but, the, but, year, the year prior, that was that was really helpful for us. Hey, that, that is an element of his game. Instead of rolling out 
to your I'm, right or left all the time. He, he has a ton of things to correct, but a lot of, that that was a good bailout for him, and that was something he was hesitant to do. You know, we thought yeah, it was. The, I, I we talked about was, it. Thought it might have been the coaching, but they, he didn't want to put himself out there. I think he was hesitant to do it, but I also think it was not there for him because everybody had the the book is the book is out on him. They were he, making him play quarterback. Yeah. Yes. The, the 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 key to him is do not over pursue around the edge. Don't allow him to spin out of the pocket. Keep him in there. He will find his way into a fucking problem even if there isn't one. So why don't be over aggressive and allow his natural talent and instincts to kill you? You know, they basically they basically sat there and just said, "Okay, Mitch, do whatever." You know, like we're not going to give you any tells. We're not going to make it easy for you to count the box, even though it's really fucking easy. And we're just going to make you make the plays. And, and that's, he, that's what with Foles, man. They have to step up because Foles is going to stay in the pocket as long as they can, and the goal is going to be right. just collapse that fucker. Right. <laughs> they, he has, he has more like Brady, Roethlisberger type of mobility. I mean, he can move a little bit more on yeah. the edge. Ben's hard to but, take down. Right. No. Yeah. Full. I'm just saying his mobility. His he slides. He steps up. He feels the pressure. He stands in in there and delivers to the spot because that's what Foles is doing. He's throwing to spots. He's not throwing to guys, and that's what Mitch doesn't do. Mitch tries to throw to open guys, and it's too mm. late. No, he, he doesn't though. <laughs> he does. Like. He's okay. not throwing. He's not throwing to the where the man will be. He's throwing to where the man is when he saw him open, and it's too late. Right. Like when he does try to throw to where the guy is gonna be, he overthrows it. You know, like. Right. I mean, a quarterback. That's, there you go. You nailed it. Well, I'm a hopeless romantic. I want to see. I, I would not mind seeing this kid work out because let's be right. It'd be nice to be right about a quarterback for once. Yeah, I just, I just, I just, I'm sorry, but I just see the, I just see the na- nightmare scenario of, of monster contract. Yeah, like Jared Goff. I don't know if they go there with him though. If he has one good season, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But look how it goes. I mean, you know, Dak, Dak Prescott, who, albeit I'd take him, but no, he wants the, he wants the most money in the league. But at the same time, it's like you got your opportunity to have your leverage, so you might as well shoot for the moon, right? And then yep. if, if they give you, you know, a moon-sized piece of cheese, you'll take it. I'm not even thinking that far ahead, though. Let's just I'll, – I'll be happy if he has a good season. I agree. I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to get – I liked what he had to say. I think his humility about his fifth year – was crazy. That was good. I think that was probably the best part of the interview for me was him having his head on straight about that. And, and I will give him credit and maybe Nagy and, and pace credit for, for having his head on. I think they used the Kyle Fuller, uh, example heavily. And they talked about that. They did. Um, I think, Pace brought in a very safe competition for Mitch Poo, and Mitch feels very confident that this is still his team. This is what Pace wanted. Now, you bring Cam in, and Mitch said, this is my team. Cam get on the mic be like, no, baby, this is my team, and that's it. Right. You know what I mean? 
Right. And all of the receivers, I think, too, would it would would gravitate towards towards. I mean, did you see that video that Cam Newton put out with Odell Beckham? Uh-huh. He put out a check it out. He put out a video of him throwing to Odell Beckham. It's it's shocking to me that Cam is not on the team. I mean, no, it's just a hype video, but guy looks good. Like, dude, they brought him in here, Mitch. Mitch wouldn't be feeling so springy and a little spring in his step. I'll tell you that. Call it whatever you want, but every bit of, and, and there's certainly been plenty of injury issues with, with Cam Newton. There, it's not like there hasn't. There's been some injury issues, but the it's rest of the something. stuff, the rest of the stuff is totally fabricated. Like honestly, there's he doesn't have any drawbacks. You know what I mean? And I just hope that because that's the other nightmare scenario. There's nightmare scenario one, which is Mitch beats Foles and plays just good enough to force the Bears to sign into a long-term contract, and we're stuck with you know whatever mm-hmm. at a high price. Two, both of them suck, and we feel like we should have, you know, should have signed Bridgewater or Newton or, you know, whatever. And then we're just three words: Tyler Bray time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's times we were calling for him last year. So Uh, anything to spark him. Nobody's called for Tyler Bray. I wanted to see him at one point. I'm like, let's put him in, see what he has. I mean, he looked yeah, decent in the preseason. Yeah, I know it was against third stringers. But. Bray and Nall and fucking Horstead. And- I would not be mad if they brought Cam in right now, though. Let's, let's spice it up. Kicker competition at quarterback. They'll never do it. I know. At this point, Kaepernick's going to be on a team before Cam. It's wild. That's, uh, That's yeah. I, I I think he should be back in the uh, league. There's no question. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Cam is a guy you wouldn't think would still be out there. It's because of the injury, and then it's also because of weirdness. Like he he just unfortunately has a has a persona that's been created. Uh, that, I, I don't think he's willing to get Jameis one million dollar deal either. Let's call it what it is. Well, he might just wait it out for some injuries happening in camp. Why would he? He's an NFL MVP. Exactly. Right, but neither was Jameis. I mean, Jameis thought he was going to get thirty million dollars, and you know, a million dollar for every interception and touchdown he threw. I mean, if and if Teddy, if the Teddy Bridgewater scenario doesn't play out, does Jameis take that opportunity? I mean, that's that's what Jameis is basically hoping happens. There's a chance of that. Hey, Drew's not a bad guy to learn from either, though. That could, you know, being like Jameson never really had that. And Sean Payton. I mean, ultimately, Sean Payton. And that's Mm -hmm. who, you know, that's who we want. Uh, That's who Jameis wants to. So, yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I liked what Mitch had to say about the fifth year. I liked what he had to say. You know, I like the fact that he's not just totally – you know, in his shell either. Like, he doesn't feel like a beaten man. I think that's a good thing. I think we need that. Um, I think that that's a factor of 
the fact that, you know, nice guy Foles is in town. Um, so, so that's good. Um, and I think, you know, they're hedging their bets. I mean, still like to hear from Foles though. And I think we will. Um, I just, I'm not going to get gassed up about Mitch right now. No. It's just hearing from Mitch, I'm like, I don't think this is going to be like, hopefully this is still a competition it's supposed to be, but. Well, to some extent, so what's the strategy do you think behind putting him out there first and, and supposedly gassing him up? Are they, is, are they trying to present it as this is still a very open competition? Because if Mitch is in the background and they gas Foles up, because when they signed Foles, it kind of felt like, oh, boy, Mitch is screwed, right? I mean, the way that Foles was kind of trotted out there, the t- you know what I mean? Like, I thought it was over, a lot of overhype. It's been a while since that Super Bowl, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I just feel like the team hyped him up a lot, so this is kind of balanced now to a certain extent, you know? Sure. And, just remember how we felt when we signed him. We're like, mm. Mm. no, it's not how I felt. I felt like really. <laughs> well, that's like, what I mean. It's like, eh. like it just felt like a, it just felt like a sister kiss. It was not a win. Pause. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just. Like, yeah. Why did I say yeah to that? And now I'm like, what sister kiss? You gotta pay attention. Yeah, pay attention the, to those the, details. That's one thing I've, Mitchell, I've never David heard. Mitchell Trubinsky. Yeah. You know, it's not like Foles is a world beater right now at this point <laughs> in his career is all I'm saying. Oh, wow. That's getting wild. <laughs> that, that video is getting wild there. Too and, and, and then I heard some, like, uh, Self-proclaimed beat writer. Oh well, there's only there's only there's gonna be a short preseason, so that's gonna make the quarterback competition way more fierce or something like that. I'm like, you don't think that these guys are gonna find out against their own defense who's the starter? I don't think the preseason games are just a stage, but I think it's gonna be the the practices and training camp where they're gonna really know going against the Bears defense. Yeah, well, they're hopefully that out. Hopefully the two of these guys do better because. I mean, last year it was like every time Mitch did bad, it was like, oh, well, he's going against the greatest defense of all time. I mean, let's remember that. It's like, no, he's not. Those guys are not fucking – he knows he's never getting hit. (laughs) Like, if you can't beat your own defense – Yeah, don't lie lie to yourself. The the way Mitch plays in the preseason does trickle into the season. He was throwing those those passes. Guys were reaching behind them – uh, before the 18 season. Exactly what we saw at camp. He's got. It was the year before ice. too, though. He's got nothing just... but I for a Rob. Everything else is questionable at best. It's okay. He threw 17 picks. We told him to throw into. It's mm, okay, bro. No. Well, and the biggest thing that they did is uh, whether he got it in his head, and I've said this before, it's that he's kind of dumb in that you give him one set of information and another set falls out of his head. Like, so, you know, it's like they told him he needed to be a pocket passer and take risks and throw the ball downfield and all this stuff. So it's like he forgot how to do everything else. Maybe they can get him on Adderall. 
I don't know. So that was the other story is that people were focusing on the fact that he's pissed off, that it pissed him off in a good way to have yeah. full brought in. Good. What are you doing? Though? Does, that, does that mean anything? It, it might put a fire under his ass. That's the point. I mean, mildly ill-tempered Mitch Trubisky. I just thought, I don't have a problem with a player in a contract year having to prove himself. Fuller, you know what I mean? Fuller was in the same boat. We were like, oh, it's, it's contract year. Is he going to just step up and we're going to pay him? And he's not going to, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay. It's at the quarterback position. He hasn't produced up to expectations. Here you are, kid. The ball's in your court. Let's see what happens. I just wonder like, what pissed off, what does that mean? What does pissed off Mitch mean? I don't think it means much. I don't know. Let the Wookiee win. Well, people <laughs> said, We're going to yeah. see what he's, how he's wired. We're going to see what he's made of. Maybe this is the push he needs. I'm okay with it if he succeeds. I'm not going to feel like... No, I'm not going to be mad. I mean, I really am not. But, I, but again, I, I want to see... I need him to be better than decent. Like, I'm good with Nick Foles if all he is is decent. I don't want decent Mitch Trubisky. Decent Mitch Trubisky can fucking take a hike. I'll live with decent Nick Foles because I feel like they're, you know, that's that's a short-term thing. We're not. But but if we sign decent Mitch to, to a four-year, you know, $85 million, $90 million deal, that's fucking awful. You know what I mean? I'm not worried about the contract right now, though. Like, just play play good. It's not our money. There's a thought. And, but when you're talking about salary cap, you know, well, and the salary You're going to get the fran- – I mean, if he does well, he's going to get franchised. Oh, no, that, we have to pay him if he plays well. That would be horrible. I'm not, I'm not going to pay him $27 million for one season. If he season. goes out and breaks – well, I mean, if he goes out and has a record-breaking year and then we win a Super Bowl, I think you pay that money. Oh, sure. If he wins a Super Bowl, yes. But let's say that – you, know, right, you franchise him. Let's say that he has the season that he had in 2018, and they don't win a playoff game. That's not good. You franchising him? No, that's not good enough. Like, let's say that Nick Foles gets hurt. Mitch comes in, plays like he played in 2018. Bears don't win a playoff game. They don't, you know, just like let's say it just basically plays out the same. Defense is great. Mitch is solid, has flashes, you know, the usual thing. Like, he shows flashes, but it's not consistent. And, you know, do you do you pick up his franchise tag? No. No, but, okay, so Mitch balls out, has one of the top three <laughs> statistical years at all the quarterbacks in the league. That's we decide, we, we decide we're not going to pay – we're not going to do what the, the Rams did with Goff. We still have Foles, Foles to fall back on and draft a rookie. If it does, I, who cares? That will all play itself out. I, I'm here for it if this kid's going to come out and ball out this year. It's great for the team. But the con, the contractual stuff, let's not worry about that right now. Like, I hope he plays well. I, I hope it's a great competition. I hope the best man wins. But if it's Mitch and Nick will. I'm off. You think Nick will? I think Nick will win. I don't see the way they the way they seem to be pitching it. <clears throat> I, Maybe it's just to well, kind of he's, like he's sell the competition. It. He's throwing out there that the I'm some too, of my yeah. teammates, and yeah, that's true. But players said some. Oh yeah, he's really I'm slinging it. You. But what are they gonna say? 
Brian? Like, what are they really going to say? Like, do you do you really envision them saying anything negative about Mitch? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, do you, I mean, I don't, I don't know that. It's not even like the media. Like, if I was a media, I'd be like, it, has Nick reached out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty interesting. I think they've gotten a lot of softballs. I mean, I don't. I, I would love to have had somebody ask one of these guys, who do you want? And I think the answer would be, well, you know, we want the best man, and then just give a very stock answer. I hope they ask that for Nick, though. Like, why haven't you been working out with the guys? And I, I granted, he, his wife's... Probably doesn't have the numbers. Well, his wife's about, <laughs> wife's about to have kids, too. He's probably just playing it safe and with the virus and everything, but... I, I, hope get... I don't think he's in the area, but yeah, I, I I would definitely be interested to know why that's not happening. Um, I think again, he's 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 far better equipped to just jump into this situation and do well, and and so you know, I think in that sense he has the leg up. And then when you couple the familiarity with Laser and DiFilippo and Castillo, I think. It doesn't matter how well Mitch knows Cody and Tariq and whatnot. Like, you know, Nick Foles has done this before. You know, like he's 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 been through this situation. Mitch has never really been through this situation before. You know, I mean, yeah. he needed he needed he needed Marquise Williams to leave North Carolina to get the job. So. I'm just saying, like, I think so far uh, that I, I feel like the, for the first press conference, I feel that was a positive. Chalk that up as a, as a as a small win for Mitch. Oh yeah, he, um, he he did a great job with it. And and props to him for being out there in the community, um, you know, with with Jason Hayward and some of the other guys, um, you know give him back, and, and, and I think he said the right things with regards to Black Lives Matter and all of that, so props to him for all of that. I mean, the kid is a nice kid. You know, it's hard to, I think any, I, I, one of the things I said is that I'm, I don't I don't buy into this narrative of Mitch versus the haters routine. Um, you know, I don't hey, think let's, he gets. Let's not lie, we'll all get behind this kid if he starts playing well. Absolutely. And it's but, okay that we were on the Mitch train if, it's okay before it. That. Right. But it's life as an NFL quarterback. Like right. when he did well, and he didn't do fantastically well, but when he did pretty well and the team was 12-4, and four, he got all his flowers. He got all his props and then some. We and it's different him in Chicago. Like, I'm in Connecticut, so I hear the Boston and New York media. Like I, I'll tell you this. If Mitch was in either of those markets – he would murdered. get destroyed. You, you there would be none him. of this. Yeah, there would be none of this. Oh, you're if you're not with Mitch before, you're you're just jumping out the bandwagon after. Like oh, no. Yeah. They, I mean, in New York, New York just, would tear him apart. Eli Eli got killed after <laughs> winning two Super Bowls. Exactly. Constantly. Dude, and when Brady Jimmy G was, was here, when Jimmy G was in New England, they were ready to move on from Brady. The fan base, like on the radio. Oh, yeah. Would get, Brady got killed after five. <laughs> like, he should have won eight, you know, like, whatever. Like, I mean, you know, the, you want to say this is a tough market or whatever. And I think I think Mitch said the right things in terms of, 
you know, he's, he's, he's smart and that he's playing for his next contract, wherever that is. He said, wherever that is, I hope it's in Chicago. Yeah, and we're not Bears fans. I don't want to hear this, like, little fan club about the players. We could jump on and off these player, like, uh, on and yeah. off these band, player bandwagons, all we, anybody, all you want. And exactly. Like, There's no right fine. or wrong to this. Exactly. No. I mean, put on the jersey, you know, take it off, get mad, whatever. You do whatever you want. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I'm just saying I don't believe it. Like, I don't believe that he's been treated unfairly. Like, no. You know, because because I was around for when everybody was clamoring for him to start, <laughs> and we were all around for how much props he got in 2018. Like, so, you know, he played shitty. The team didn't do as well. It's the double-edged sword. We all want to see him succeed. We It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. We want to see him do well. If he's picked a starter, I want to see him ball out. I wish, though, to, and I will say that this, I still think that he does a thing that Nagy does a lot, which is where he really wants to put it on the whole team. And I really wish Mitch would blame himself a little bit more. He says it starts with me just like Nagy does. Yeah, but that's too cliche. I want to hear that he realizes that he played bad. I mean, he didn't make – I did think the line that he said that he went through every play and saw – what the coverage that he set uh, and what the coverage actually was and where he went with the ball to what Nagy felt the ball should have gone. So I think yeah. he's looking at, I just, like, I, I, I want to hear him uh, sometimes be a little more pointed and say, like, I realize I played bad, you know? I don't know. Maybe I'm just being, maybe that's gratuitous, but I just feel like, there's times where he kind of just, you know, he's a little too much of like a we when it comes to him sharing the the responsibility. It's like you, you have the you have your hands on the ball every fucking play, dude. But the so the flip side of that, I think if he has a lot of success, I don't think it will make it about him. I think it will make it about the team. That's just how he's wired. I don't think it's fake or anything. I just think he. No, I don't think it's fake. I guess I just kind of wish that he would own it a little more. And I'm glad he didn't come out there with the stupid thing that Chase said about them being like 15 plays away from, you know, from greatness or whatever the fuck he said about, you know, we went back and there were only 15 plays where if we had just. It's like he could literally do that with any team. I think he's a good kid. I think he does possess the leadership qualities. I think the guys like him. They want, you know. I think they're behind them. Yeah, great. I mean, is it is it fucking team building, hiking in the woods? No, it's football. Play football. I get that. All I'm saying is I understand some of the fans getting behind this kid. They want to see him succeed. He isn't. He is a good person. Yeah, and that's fine. I I, I hope he does too. I'm just still going to reserve judgment, and it's it's mainly just out of self preservation because it, it you know it, it it hurts so much to believe that he was going to take the next step and then see him fail as mightily as he did after spending all this time telling everybody how great he was you know which is what we all did yeah we were also happy that fox didn't completely ruin him well could it have been that he was already ruined from the start <laughs> Well, if Fox just, I think, knew what he was, and he wasn't, Fox was pissed and and was wasn't going to do anything to make Pace look right about the move. 
So I think on the one hand, he knew very much who Mitch was, and he certainly wasn't going to help him shine any more than he needed to. Like Fox's whole goal, I mean, Fox's goal in general is to play conservative, limit the risk, and make more man. make more the defense and keep the game close and it's and, what we were it's what like most of our fan base was clamoring for like hey, halfway through the season run the ball control the thing the ball. That they didn't have much fun last year you know the team didn't you just tell you know ah oh, there's club dub after like yeah but you know like I'm talking like on the field like uh, in 2018, it seemed like the defense was involved with the offense, and well, the defense was fun. They were having a good time, and yeah, I, I think the pressure good. got to some people, man. I really do. I think they all crumbled under pressure. Right, but I also give them all credit for holding it together as much as they did. But I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think that I think that it was just a different. It was. Just, I mean, 2018 had a lot of magic. And there just wasn't. The magic for us was the health. Absolutely, the health. But, but that doesn't happen. We usually have a couple injuries that throw our whole season six, off. I mean, the pick sixes, the, yeah. the turnovers. It was just insane. Like that's I mean, it was that's like got to change too this year. We got to start getting more turnovers. The defense, although great, you know that I think it's a regression to the norm is what we saw. Right, and you knew well, that was had a we had a coaching change on def- a defensive coordinator. You knew that was going to happen with the turnovers. Everybody said that, and I thought they were right, that that you were not going to set the record again in turnovers. It just doesn't right. really happen in back-to-back seasons. But I think the biggest factor, and we've talked about this before, is they did not play with the lead. They never played with the lead. Because it's three and out, and the defense is back on the right. field. And so so a lot, and, and this is what I think is discounted a lot about 2018, is how much offensive production was due to the defense setting them up in ridiculous field position. Yep. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. A lot of it. And so when you don't have those opportunities and you're not able to score in those things and, and the offense keeps getting the ball on the 15 and going three and out. Just go back to the Rams game. How many times did the defense give the offense the ball in plus territory, and they didn't do anything with it? You know, it was like Mitch throw a bad interception and made make Jared Goff look like an idiot, and then it's just like, what is going on with this offense? Yeah, well, and I think that's that's the biggest thing for me that I still feel like Mitch just does not have the upper hand is this is a real make-or-break year to some degree for Nagy. And that offense. So is he really, I mean, I think Mitch is going to have to absolutely head and shoulders be so much better than Foles to win the job because Nagy is just not going to be willing to put all his eggs in the Mitch basket again because he knows that it could mean that he's, you know, not long for this job. And having to pick one or the other, I, I really want Nagy to work out, man. I really like Nagy. Me too. I would rather keep Nagy. I would rather have Nagy work out than Mitch if I had to pick. I agree. But by the same token, I think Nagy's stubbornness is a downfall. And and it's just one of those things. And, you know, forgive me for being repetitive, but 
it's on the when it's when everything's going good, it's called conviction. When everything's going bad, it's called stubbornness. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's we'll see. Mm-hmm. Guy, I think he, he's Nagy's really gotten a pretty clean sheet as far as like he's not been throwing a lot of dirt and mud like Mitch has taken. But some of his play calling was pretty downright shitty last year. He was trying to scramble to try to make something work with the kid. Whatever I mean, the excuse is, play calling was not great. Right. And he deserves some mud, too. I think he got a fair amount, but, like... Without really knowing the, the setup, either, we... You don't know, like I just think it's we, hard. We, we don't we don't know what Mitch was how much how much responsibility he was given to call to also yeah, back out of place and call love, something different. Yeah, like I would love to let be let behind the curtain and find out the way that Nagy and and the offense because that's what they do. They go they literally go through every single play and go, okay, this worked like it was supposed to. This is what we called here. This is what actually happened. This was you know. I would love to know that. I would love Nagy, to know. Nagy had, that Nagy had a big game plan, like pages and pages, and ended up going to like a post-it that is note. Sure. <laughs> he was trying. He had to scale it back so far last year. Oh, and, and I think he did change a lot, and I think that it's it's frustrating to me, fans who will say that he didn't change, he didn't adjust the offense to Mitch. Bullshit, he didn't. No, <laughs> like, did. He changed it to a high school fucking offense for this kid. Like, he changed it to, you know, a, a fucking, like, absolutely dumbed down as possible, and it, and that didn't work. Like, yeah. first, first he tried to go the other way, just thinking he could unlock Mitch. Let me just keep throwing it, keep throwing it, keep doing my shit, keep, keep running my plays. I, you know, I know guys are getting open. It's going to work. It's going to work. We're going to crack the code on Mitch, and, and then that didn't work. And so then he had to go the other way. And it's like, unless you're Lamar Jackson or, you know, somebody, you can't just, you can't just roll out every time. It doesn't work like that. Defenses will will figure you out. In the creative creative state of a design play, if executed perfectly, they will work. It was interesting. This guy called... 90% 90% of that is execution. Like, it's interesting to me because, like, you look at look at the way things kind of evolved, you know, with Kaepernick and the pistol and Tebow, and there was this time period where that was, like, the en vogue thing to do, right? You know? And that, that, that only has a certain amount of shelf life. Like, you cannot keep doing that forever. You can't win the fucking Super Bowl doing it. Not against a good team, like so. I, I'm going to be very interested to see <clears throat> because it's a copycat league. Everybody saw what the 49ers did, and I think you're going to see a lot of teams kind of going to that power. Is Jer falling asleep on the show right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I know I'm boring, but <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> um, but no. You, I like. Do you think? Do you think that what do you think this offense is going to look like? Is it let's say it's it's Foles? Is Nagy going to go full Nagy, or is he? Is are they really going to 
revamp things, have a different blocking scheme, and 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 have a more balanced offense. I think they brought in the coaches to do that, to check to kind of help check Nagy too. Right. You know, hopefully they, got, they do that. You know, they got that DeFilippo connection with uh, Laser, and we'll see. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, that's where we're at. We're at the. They got the all stars. What sucks yeah. is we're at this frustrating we'll see moment with damn near everything. You know, we'll see if we even get to watch them at the stadium. We'll see if we. Right. It's just God. Well, I, I think I I really and Nagy too probably really wants to be able to run his offense that he was brought here to run. Right. Yeah, but you got to have pride, and you got to also understand you got to read the room. Right, but right now I would say Foles could do. He could run his Nagy could run what he wants to run with Foles, and he knows that. So Mitch needs to step up to that level. Right, but you you can say the system is amazing. You can say the system, blah 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 blah. We don't know. It, it, it didn't get amazing in Kansas City until you combined the one of the best receivers in the league, one of the best tight ends in the league, and the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. So uh, Alex Smith so, ran it pretty good. Yeah, but not like not like Mahomes. But I would take Alex Smith production. Of course, here. of course, but but yeah. what we're talking about is explosive plays. Nagy talks about explosive plays all the time. Chunk plays. That's what his offense is all about. It's dink dink chunk. Dink dink chunk. You know? That's what he wants. Like, and and the and the pass game is an extension of the run game. And then when you get them loosened up, then you start running the ball. You know what I mean? So you know, that's will that, will that's, that work in reverse? Will he go to running the ball to open up the pass? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Not with the running backs on the roster right and now. That's what I'm that. saying is that if you're a defense, if you're the defense in Detroit. And you're sitting there, and you are you are game planning for Mitch Trubisky. You gonna believe that he can somehow throw the ball all of a sudden? Are you gonna? Well, I mean, he's done it against the Lions. Yeah, he's done it against them, and they foolishly play man against him for whatever reason. Just because well, there's that's no more excuses that. for Mitch. Let's just an RPO offense. Yes, to master it may take. Years, whatever, but it's a pretty quarterback-friendly system. It gives the quarterback a, a time to react, and it it, it just takes, needs. What it, takes years to master, as far as I've been able to understand it, is all of the variations within each play. Yes, and that's that's what Mitch is not getting to that level. Is he's not able to. To he might be able to count the box and know whether to run it or pass it, but and I don't know if he really can do that even. But what he is, what he is, is not able to do is able to manage the communication. You know, so you'll see, you know, Allen Robinson, you know, th- he thinks he's going to run a dig and he's supposed to, and he throws the fade or vice versa. You know, because they're supposed to have a check with me, uh, you know, based on the alignment. You know, and the receiver and the quarterback are both supposed to know if X, then Y. <laughs> and they're both just supposed to know that. And there might be a signal, there might not be a signal. And that's what you're missing. You know, and so I think Mitch is still trying to. Game, in game instincts. Yeah. 
And I think Mitch is still trying to see receiver hit receiver, and that just doesn't work in the NFL. It, it just doesn't. Like you, you're not, you're not gonna, you can't make a living that way. And I want to see James Daniels at center, so I think that actually Foles gives him a better shot at that because Foles can actually take some stress off of him and, right. and that's like call ideally, adjustments. Ideally, our offensive line would be Leno, Cody, James in the middle. Ifidi on the right. Or Bars. Yeah, okay, maybe. I just don't see him beating out Ifidi, but China don't. <laughs> and, and, you know. Polish the dome. Polish that dome. That's but, it. That should, be a, that should be a shirt. Just blue polish. gold lettering. Polish that dome. <laughs> or, I mean, you know, so... Spriggs, I don't know. I mean, there we'll you see. go. Now you got something. A guy that's actually played in the NFL for my year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying I think bars and bars and coward should be nervous right now. Oh, definitely. Because I think both of those kids that they drafted could could supplant them and. I think that Spriggs and Ifedi definitely could. It's going to be interesting, man. There's going to be some good battles in camp. And, you know, with, you got to take into consideration that shortened preseason is not a, necessarily a good thing for that evaluation. There's going to be stuff on tape, but it's against your own guys. Well, shortened preseason games. I think yeah, the, pra- those, the those are pra- Those are practices. Who knows what the practices are going to look like? And then I and nah. I, and I firmly believe this, and I think that every sport is going to face this. There are going to be times during all the upcoming sports seasons where major players are going to miss time because they test positive. That is going to happen, yeah. guaranteed. And the entire season is going to change because of this, because the shit is not going away. Nope. <laughs> like. It's 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 having a big second wave in all the yeah, places. Yeah, it's 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 that wild here, man. Involved. I don't I don't know how it is for you guys there, but like I, I went to one of these drive-by birthday parties, and like uh, clack clack. Well, yeah, you know Different you drop kind of a gift drive off. By. You know, you've been in any of those a where like you you have to drive up, say happy birthday, hand a gift, keep going like a birthday party. I mean, they sort of did the thing with the school. It was like that. I went to one the other day for one of my kids friends and i got there and there were seven cars there pool party going on in the back for like close family and real close friends Mm -hmm. and all the other people just driving up handing gifts i'm like some some people are just this weather's getting nice people are like oh for sure caution to the wind like but in terms of nationwide all of the all of the states that have held strong are on serious decline on cases everybody that opened up on memorial day is spiking like crazy. And we'll see what happens as a result of the protests. That could swing everything back. I mean, we're not going to know for another... Well, we're, what, a week out? Yeah, yeah. restaurants here open on the 20th for inside. Yeah, and we're... we're if, if all things go to... go Keep going the way they're going, it could be July 1st here for that. Well, I know we're getting mandatory testing on the 16th. Uh, Something that should have started, oh, I don't know, months ago. It's like as a healthcare worker, it's like, oh, now we're going to get tested? 
Okay. Right. I'm just saying that. I I think what will happen is is you're going to find a lot of people are asymptomatic. At least that's what I think is going to happen. It's like you're going to. Yeah. In our in our profession, I think we're there's going to be a lot of asymptomatic positives. So we'll see. All the Notre Dame players are getting tested for both tests. Right. Well, and you saw that uh, I can't remember what school it was, but they had a University of Houston uh, already had started some spring football stuff, and they had to they shut it down. That's gonna happen, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be real fucking wild too. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and it, it ain't gonna be like staff infections. You know what I mean? Where they just power through it. Like they're not gonna be able to do that. You know, and it's interesting because it, it's like. On the one hand, you know, you want to be careful, but at the same time, it's like how long, how long, how long is too long? Yeah. And then, you know, in your field, Jer, with, you know, it's like, it feels like that's an arena where they have needed to be way more careful than they're being and, and they just aren't doing it. Well, it is a business for a lot of people, first of all. Absolutely, it's a business. Second of all, you know, um, it's just it's a business yeah. for the NFL and the NBA. Yeah, I mean, oh, I can't wait to watch Harden and Westbrook get it right. Well, I mean, but you—that's a—that's a good question. Is just like, you know, that's the thing that came up this past week with the NBA is that they've worked out all these things, and the support staff at Disney was not going to be in the bubble. They found out. And it's like, well, wait, what? What kind of bubble is it if everybody's not in the bubble? Right. You know? And it's because the Disney employees and the union haven't worked that out. You know? Guy at work's going to Disney in like a couple of weeks. I'm like, I cannot imagine wearing a mask down there in that humidity. God. No. no. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't. Friend, I had a friend go to the, what was it, the, not Disney, but the other one. Universal. Uh, what's that? Universal? Yeah, I went to Universal Studios. Walked in, went through, no lines, was out. It's like, it's crazy. It's like, yeah, it's just nobody's going. <laughs> it's open? This shit's yeah, open now? It was. Wow. I had no idea. So. Crazy, man. I just think, I just think it, that's going to be a really interesting storyline is what, what happens. And the Bears, honestly they could be positioned better than some other teams because no matter where you slice it, no matter who the starter is, the bears have one of the best backups in the league. I agree. I mean, I don't care if it's Foles or Trubisky, who the backup is. You can't say that they don't have one of the best backups in the league because backups quarterbacks are brutal <laughs> around the league. So, so who knows? I mean, that could it's happen. Gonna, it's going to be much tougher to for win the, the job and then fucking get COVID. New coaches, guys that aren't familiar with the system, you know, right. those, those are the teams that are going to probably have a harder time adjusting. And that's what I'm saying is that the team does themselves no favors by, at this point in the in time, uh, putting the car before the horse and and shunning either guy or you know what I mean. Like the the Nagy has said, it's an open competition. We believe that both these guys' presence here makes the team stronger. Yada yada yada. So if they you know, if, if if they don't balance things out, I think they're doing themselves a disservice. And 
they're trying to sell us an entertainment product. So the intrigue is better. They're aware of the fact that there are hardcore Mitch fans and then, and you know, so they're piquing their interest, you know, I mean, that was great. That was great for them that Mitch, yeah. Mitch did such a good job with that and got everybody hyped up. Loosen your zipper? Not me. No, I think it's was... no, it was my glasses case guy. Sorry, I'm not oh, trying to get y'all worked up. I didn't know what you were doing. It's like uh, you're getting real comfortable over here in that locker room. I thought you were gonna polish the dome for real. <laughs> uh, too tired like, for that. Like that Zoom video that everybody thought was fucking real. It's like the guy pulls out nine tissues and a giant, like, really obvious container of moisturizer. So, <laughs> it's more like the, the it's it's always like the Chris Rock, like, oh, ain't nobody home. Let me get a little jerk before work. <laughs> and then, like, hold on. Let me my station here. Here's my tissues. There's my moisturizer. Just my hat. <laughs> I'm not going to get into technique, but tissues. Uh, come on, man. Come on. Step, your, step your game up, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good looking warehouse you got behind you there. Thanks, man. Business is booming. <laughs> all right well anything else we need to cover <laughs> that's about it man i just uh definitely, definitely thank you for the support we're getting downloads are yeah. going up and getting a lot of good feedback so thank you everybody for supporting us yep just Absolutely. you know we like you guys you're, you're all right that's it yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. We're fans of a f- of people that take the time to listen to us talk about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. God like it, it or hate it. If you're taking time out of your life to listen to what we got to say, God Cross bless you. you. God bless you. Hope everybody's doing well. Have a great week. It's just another episode of The Tailgate Show. The virus. The greenhouse of horrors. Hello. Hello.